Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right, welcome to another week of our conversation with the head coach of the Cook Kyle Hornets. Of course, I'm talking about uh, Jamie Rogers, and we've got him on the line with us now. Coach, how's it going? Good, Phil, man. Uh, appreciate you having us this morning. Listen, uh, as always, glad to talk to you, Coach, especially when we're talking about and we're talking to you after a victory, huge yep. win over uh, the other Hornets, the Pelham Hornets. Yeah, yeah, I thought it was a, a big win for our kids. That's, uh, you know, we've had a tough time in the last couple of years of of finishing games where you know where we had the lead or where we were one score down or, or one score game or whatever. We've had a, we've had trouble finishing that, and I thought it was very important um, for our kids to do that. And that's, I mean, here's the thing: a lot of the most coaches will tell you that's something that has to be learned. You have to you have to learn how to finish. You have to work hard enough where you can finish games. And uh, the other night, man, I was so proud of our kids. The the effort that they showed, um, our defense played outstanding in the fourth quarter. Um, it was uh it, it was it was a lot of fun to watch and our kids really enjoyed it afterwards. Yeah, I mean I know it was fun. Also, I'm sure it was nerve wracking talking about that fourth quarter. Let's talk about the beginning of the game. Now, this was a pretty eventful first quarter. A lot of scoring in that first quarter, coach. Talk a little bit about that. Yeah, you know we uh, <clears throat> I can't remember what it was after our I think it was our second possession where we actually had a tip ball. We we had a we had a slant call to Eddie, who's our best receiver. He runs the best routes, and he's also got breakaway speed. Well, I think we had somebody in the wrong area. They tip it. Eddie tips it up in the air to himself, comes down with it, and he goes untouched for about 60 uh, or something, <laughs> somewhere in that neighborhood. Yeah, it's crazy. So, uh, you know, we hadn't seen a lot of those big plays. And I was talking to Coach Jacobson, our offense coordinator, about the thing that we've missed probably the most. Um, over last year, last year especially, then we didn't get it right till about halfway through the season, year one. We just hadn't hit very many deep balls, and we've already hit, we've already hit several in the, uh, the scrimmage, and then uh, the other night at Pelham. So, uh, you know that that's something that is encouraging to see. And Eddie Watson's a deep threat. He had four catches for 100, 127 yards and two touchdowns. So, got somebody that can stretch the field, but you know then they block a punt or actually we snap it poorly. And our our, uh, our punter really took one on the chin, and they scooped and scored it. So, like you said, it, it went from it went from zero to zero to seven to six for them in a matter of about fifteen seconds. It seemed like. Yeah, I want to, and of course, what were you guys like? Fourteen, thirteen, into the first quarter, or something like that. Thir- um, I can't. At halftime, it was thirteen to twelve for sure. Okay. Yeah. So, and I think it was probably it might have been that at the end of the first quarter also. Yeah, I think it was. I think they're they're yeah. scoring in the second quarter. So, yeah, all that scoring there in the first quarter. So. 
before we move on, I want to ask you, you mentioned uh, the, the, the deep threat. Uh, I don't know th- that we're used to seeing this a whole lot with Cook. Um, but, boy, you've got a quarterback that's got a big arm. Yeah. And as you said with Eddie, you know, he can really stretch the field. That's got to be almost kind of like a new toy for a head coach. It is. It is. And you got to have it. You have to have it down here. Um, you know, you have you, you can't let – if you let uh, Brooks and you let, um, you know, Pelham and you let Ware and uh, Thomas Fields and the Fisher, you let all those guys put eight or nine in the box, it's going to be tough. It's tough sledding. And you've got to be able to – you got to be able to stretch the field, and you got to be able to put two or three receivers out there to catch the football. We all know that's predicated on having a guy that can stand in the pocket and make the right reads and and get it out. And we have that. Um, he's young; he's going to make mistakes, um, but he's got a good lineage. His brother was an all-state quarterback here, so he's probably been talking about quarterback quarterback play ever since he was a baby. So um, we got those things are going in the right direction, and, and uh, you have to be able to throw. I, you know, for 10 years now as a head coach, it, it's great to run the ball. And I love running the ball. Don't get me wrong. I'm a run I'm a run game and defensive coach. That's what I am. But when it comes time to win the big ones and the ones that you have to win against really good teams and region play and in the playoffs, you got to be able to throw the football. Oh, no, no doubt about it. And, and to be honest with you, you know, as a lover of football, uh, I'm the same way, man. You can, you can give me a, a team that loves to run it uh, you know, most of the time, uh, I'll be honest with you, I, I, I love to watch wing T teams. I just love yep. all of the ball movement. And I used to love yep. the old Paul Rogers, Georgia Tech teams, yep. you know, I just, because I think that's the basic fundamental of football. It's what the game was built on. Blocking um, and tackling. Yeah, absolutely. But uh, well, it's yeah. funny you bring that up, yep. Phil. It, the, 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 the game that I got the most enjoy, enjoyment out of watching, you know, I don't get to watch a whole lot on the weekends. Because we're working, but it, it was a later, a little bit later game, and I got to see a, a handful of games this past weekend. The one that I enjoyed the most, not just because the dogs won, but uh, the, the the Georgia and Clemson game was as fun to watch for me as anything. It was ten three, so I really enjoyed that throwback. Uh, let's try to run the ball, not be able to run the ball because somebody's smashing us in the face. That's that's what football is for me, and that was a lot of fun to watch. Yeah, it was, wasn't it? Uh, sure did like that one, uh, for sure. That was a good one. Uh, you don't he, see very many games like that anymore. You really don't. You really don't. And, uh, again, kind of a throwback game, as you said. Um, now, of course, you know, um, speaking of running it, uh, if we're talking cook football, we got to talk about running the football. And oh, yeah. uh, you guys have got a good one in uh, Jamarian. Uh, talk yeah, about yeah. his performance. Oh, he's, he's, he's so tough. Um, just a great kid. I don't know if you've ever got to be around him very much, Phil, but he is, I have he, not. Is the, he is the best person to be around. He's, he's one of the, he's one of the most thoughtful, uh, kind, just good hearted people that I've ever been around. And then he's an animal. Once you turn it on and inside those lines and he runs so hard, his big tree trunk legs, um, they never stop moving. And the other night he was having some cramp issues. I mean, he's, 185 pound ball of muscle so i knew we were sweating a lot and the field was a little the field was wet it was kind of long so i knew he was sinking a little bit when he was running that makes it tough on the calves especially on those guys that are that are huge balls of muscle and and he started cramping in late in the third quarter and um you know i just went over to him i said hey you're gonna be okay he was out on the field cramping having some calf cramps i said you're gonna be able to do it in the fourth quarter he said coach i ain't leaving the game you keep giving it to me 
And uh, so he went 26, 26 carries for 142 and a touchdown the other night. He had a great night. And uh, he, he helped us uh, kind of shorten the game in the fourth quarter. We Everybody was gassed. Both teams were getting a little bit gassed. It was humid. And like I said, the field conditions were wet. And uh, it was just tough running in that. And uh, guys' legs were, were trying to leave them a little bit. And he helped us shorten that game with a bunch of first downs in the second half. Man, that is uh, – I love hearing stories, you know, just uh, little stories like that. That is absolutely yep. beautiful to hear. Uh, again, we're talking to Jamie Rogers, head coach of the Cook High Hornets on the Cook High Coaches Show. We visit with uh, Coach Rogers every week to bring you up to speed on what's happening with the Hornets football program and uh, what a huge victory it was there at home for uh, the Hornets uh, over the other Hornets uh on friday night uh so let's talk about you know we talked about the end of the first half you guys go in tight game at the half so pelham gets the second half kick they bobble it i think deep in their own end coach yeah and they start off like it what inside their own 10 yard line five yeah it was worse than that it was we give up a 95 yard drive with probably yes Phil, I'm guessing it's probably five or six third down conversions and fourth uh, down conversions. It's just one of crazy, them, man. Man, it was just one of them. We could played really good defense on first and second down, and then it let them hit a little hitch, and then maybe a broken tackle, and they need nine and get ten, things like that. And uh, it just happened all the way down the field. But I'll tell you what, um, for the last couple of years, that probably would have broke us because it put them up twenty to twelve, and uh, it might have broke our spirit. Um, giving up a 95 yard, but that was, I don't know how many positive plays they even had after that. Um, our defense rallied and played so hard and gave our offense a chance to, to get two scores in the second half. We had a huge block punt by Marshall Walden, uh, defensive mm-hmm. lineman number six, uh, after our, after our third score, make it 20 to 18. Wow. Um, we missed a two point conversion and then we stop them, get the uh, three and out them and we blocked a punt and it was huge momentum. And, uh, yeah, it was, it was just great to watch our kids play with so much effort. Man, it, listen, is there anything more exciting in football than a block punt? No. <laughs> and, and here's the other thing what a lot of people don't. There's been a tons of studies on it, Phil, and I'm sure you've heard this through the years from talking to so many coaches. Um, when you and I told you, I shared this with our kids, and we made it a we made it a very very huge point in practice last week. Is that if we block a punt, I guarantee I told I guarantee you if we block a punt, we win the game. And it's probably, I think the stats are on it between college football, NFL. I'm not sure the study's been done at the high school level, but in that level, which shows you how important it is, you block a punt 80% of the time you win the game. If just you block one punt. No kidding. Yep. It's it's upwards of 80, maybe high 70s, 80%. That if when a block, when a block punt happens in a college or NFL game, this, some of that study may have been high school. I'm not sure. But I can tell you this, from my 15, 16, 17 years of doing this, it's at least 80% um, for me. When we get a punt blocked on our side, we've lost the majority of those games. Vice versa, when we block one, we win the majority of those games. Wow. I have never heard that. Now, it makes perfect sense. Yeah. Like I said, there's, there's not a, I don't think there's a bigger uh, motivation factor, uh, a bigger momentum either yep. builder or turning momentum around. So I yes. can see that. It is. The, it's the yeah. statistical analysis somewhere is there. I just don't remember where it is. I saw that probably five, six years ago. Incredible. That's just yep. incredible. I love it. But, yeah, nothing like a block punt. Obviously, 
And just as we're talking about the uh, statistic uh, advantage of it, it sounded like it worked for you guys because it really not only rallied you guys uh, offensively, but mainly defensively, it sounds like. Oh, yeah. Well, it, what it did was we blocked the punt. The guy that blocked it went over and scooped it and took it to about the 15, 14 or 15-yard line. We punch it in. We're up 24-20, man. That gave that gave our defense all the juice they need. Uh, you know, we had the lead uh, finally. We had not led any since – we led 6 to nothing on the, the pass that Eddie – caught and went early in the first quarter we had not had the lead the whole time until you know five or six minutes left in the game so um the block punt was huge there's no question about that if they get the punt off and we have to go 60 or 70 yards who knows a lot of things can go wrong in 60 or 70 yards a lot less can go wrong in 15 yards so uh yeah and you guys bounce back again talking about because i that's what i started talking about was that 95 yard drive to start the second half that can, that you know and talking about statistics uh i don't know what these yep. are but usually jamie and i know you probably agree with this it's it, usually you don't recover a whole lot of times from a 95 yard drive especially yep. where you're giving away or giving up rather a big lot of third down you know yes that's the play you know where you, you you count on your defense to stop the other team they can't do it so that can usually be a backbreaker but again you guys you know you go down like you said uh, what was it 20 to, to 12 at that point 20 to 12 20, after yeah. that drive yeah and uh wow great resilience uh shown by your team it was i mean we practiced uh we practiced super hard um, I told you last week I was really hard on them in practice um, during the bye week, and it came at a great time. And then we we kept on, I and mean, we kept on practicing really hard in the Pelham week. And uh, you know we're probably going to do that for, until I feel that it's safe not to, which may not happen this year. Um, you know we're gonna we're gonna get the competitive juices going in practice. That's the only way I know how. Well, one thing when it's hot like this, um, the only way to to stay away from cramp. Listen, you can hydrate on Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. You can do a good job with that. But you can't simulate Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday how much faster Pelham's going to be than your scout team, how much Brooks is going to be, how much faster they're going to be. So you, the, ultimately you have to practice as hard as you play in order to not cramp and to not have fatigue set in. So that's what we kind of been talking to our kids about and uh, getting to that point where we practice as hard as we play, where the games are, are fun, a lot more fun than practice is. Absolutely. Talking to Jamie Rogers, head coach of the Cook High Hornets. This is our weekly conversation with the coach where we break it down for you. And we are talking about the big win for Cook over Pelham. I thought, too, and I know you, you started off the conversation with this, and uh, we'll, we'll kind of finish our conversation on the Pelham game before we move on. But uh, you guys come through big in the fourth quarter. Defense really stepped up big. Uh, no scoring in that fourth quarter. So you guys were able to make the lead at the end of the third stand up. That became the final score, 24-20. Yep. I, uh, you know, I was so proud that the 95-yard drive, right, after it happens, I'm not sure. I'll have to go back and look at the stat sheet. I'm not sure how many first downs we gave up after that, but it wasn't many, um, which is even more impressive, um, that we went from a 95-yard drive with all kinds of conversions on third and fourth down to not even hardly giving up a first down. And that's a, that's a credit to our defensive staff and, and our kids that were out there just playing as hard. Yeah, I could tell it was – I told them before the game, I'm very honest with our kids. Um, I think they deserve that. If we played a perfect game and we played as hard as we could play every single down against where, there's a chance we would not win that game. And I told them that. I said, so I can't promise you that playing as hard as you can and doing everything right will guarantee you wins. But I can guarantee you this. 
it wouldn't have been 52 to seven and it wouldn't have been an embarrassment in the second half. And for the rest of our schedule, if you'll play the way we played against Pelham, we'll have a chance to win them all. Yeah, I mean, look, yeah, we're again. You just got to put that one away, and it's just right. done with. You know, it's just one of them things. Uh, never to return again, right, Coach? Oh, um, not in the near future, probably. <laughs> but uh, and probably not week one. Yeah. Um, you know, but you know, then like I told them, our, if our effort would have been better, it would not have been fifty-two to seven. There's no way. We, I mean, we would just everything would have been better, and we, we may still not come out on top in the game, but it wouldn't have been an embarrassing performance like it was. I got you. Well, so uh, I guess, you know, what? what's the rule? What do they call it? The 24-hour rule? You got a little bit of time to enjoy this where you got to look yep. forward to the next opponent? Well, coaches get 12, and <laughs> I give the players 48. So coaches get just 12, and then they play. Actually, they probably get less than that, truth be told. But uh, they probably don't get but about two or three. And then, we're, and then we're moving on to something else. But I tell the kids when we show up on Monday, that what, no matter what happens, good, bad, or ugly, that one's over. There you go. Well, and of course, that uh, now allows us to return our, uh, or rather turn our attention to the next game up. And, uh, well, there's not much time to celebrate that one because you've got a big one coming up next. The Brooks County Trojans uh, Mm -hmm. are your opponent. Now, they haven't played in, in like, forever. And I don't know what that's going to mean to them. I don't know if there's going to be some rust. I don't know if they're going to be so eager to play because they hadn't played in forever. I, I just don't know uh, what to make of a team going up against a, a team like that. What are your thoughts on that, Coach? Yeah, you know, it's a, it's probably a, a little bit of a tough situation. You know, not uh, usually the biggest games um, are between game one and game two for the most part. But I've never had two weeks off in, in between. I can tell you this, they've probably not taken much time off in Brooks. They're probably going ones-on-ones a lot in practice so i wouldn't count on them being uh sluggish or rusty or anything like that because they've probably been having some good competition um amongst themselves i would think over the last couple weeks so i don't look for them to be real rusty i got you uh of course talking about the brooks county trojans they've only got one game under their belt that was a season opening loss to thomasville and uh they haven't played since then cook uh, again coming in at one and one you know, another thing I want to talk about before we move on, actually, about about that Pelham game, I, you know, that just further, I think, probably solidifies the fact that you guys want to establish with that brand-new stadium, as beautiful as it is, you guys really want to establish that home field advantage and let teams know, hey, you're not coming into our place to take one from us. And, of course, I know this game against uh, Brooks is on the road, but uh, oh. still, uh, I think take care of business at home and then let's see what happens, see if we can steal one on the road. Yeah, that's the way it is. Um, you know, you have to you have to take care of the the, the games that were you uh, you know where you're supposed to win at home and that kind of thing. And um, kind of you know, it's tough to go on the road. It's tough to go on the road in South Georgia. Um, there's tons of people that go to the game. So there's I'll tell you the biggest difference probably. And somebody asked me this the other day. We were talking about it. Uh, the biggest difference. Now I, I was very fortunate to coach at two places that football was very important down in Florida and Swanee and Baker County. Um, the town shut down on Friday night, especially if you're doing well. They're tailgating in the parking lot early, early in the afternoon, 3 or 4 o'clock. Nobody works on Friday, I don't think, during football season. So it's uh, it's an exciting time, but everywhere in uh, North Florida is not like that. Matter of fact, it's few and far between. We could probably name we could probably name the ones that are like that. But in South Georgia, people go to the football game and they support their hometown. They've known the – uh, you know the legacy and uh, 
the uh, families are still there and pretty much intact and they still they just you know they they go to the games on friday nights that's what they do and uh and it's it's been a lot of fun being a part of but every there's a big home field advantage in south georgia absolutely uh as we close with uh with the coach uh jamie rogers of the hornets uh uh we'll kind of end with this so your team's playing well coming off the uh the win um any kind of an injury uh, update or anything like that any kind of uh, 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 uh bumps and bruises you guys are nursing no. oh we've got you know one player that's got a a little bit of a bum knee but he's going to be fine we've uh we've held him out for the most part um out of live stuff and he'll be fine but that's crazy we were uh we were talking about it earlier today i don't know if it's i mean it's i mean it's the covid year year we're talking we're a year and a half now to where I think this is where everybody dressed out today for practice. It may have been a year and a half. No COVID issues right now. No one quarantined. No one having to deal with, uh, you know, a case in their house where they got to stay home too. We're at full, we're at full strength with people wise. You know, last week our kicker and our middle linebacker didn't practice or play all week. Um, they didn't get to play in the Pellet game. We got them back, and they were the last two. So we've got we've got everybody for probably the first time in over a year. So excited about that absolutely so a lot to be smiling about if you're a cook high hornet coach player or fan now let's see if we can go hand uh, maurice freeman his second loss in a row gonna be a tall task but uh hey we've uh coming off a big victory uh brooks hadn't played in a while so let's see what happens on friday night one way or another we'll be back here next week to talk with you about it coach and we look forward to it yeah man that's why they play the game it's uh it's going to be a lot of fun. I know this rivalry has been for a long time. It used to be a region rivalry, um, but still, you got to play games like this. Uh, close proximity, and a lot of family members know each other on both sides, and it's a uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. You know, Coach Freeman's been down there forever, and he does a great job. And uh, their kids believe in the philosophy, and they believe in him and, and all of his assistant coaches. So um, that's a tough place to go win. But uh, you know what? We're going to go give it our best try, our shot anyway. I hear you, Coach. Well, listen, best of luck to you. Great victory Friday night. Proud of you. And uh, as always, man, we're pulling for you. Let's go get them Friday night. We'll talk to you about it next week. Thanks, Phil. Go Hornets. Go Hornets. See you, Coach. Later. Bye-bye. There he is. That's Jamie Rogers, head coach of the Kukai Hornets, coming off a big victory over um, the Pelham Hornets this past Friday night. Got a big one coming up against Brooks County. We'll be back next week to talk to Coach uh, Jamie about it right here on the Cook High Coaches Show. I'm your host, Phil Jones. Hope you guys have a great week. You've been listening to the Cook High Coaches Show right here at ITG Next.